Welcome to Control Alt Revolt, the podcast. I'm Nick Cole. I'm Single White Medusa here on Medusa Monday. And we are playing with our new Blue Yeti Snow Globe mic to address listener complaints that our voices are no complaints, just actually adjustments. Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Which improvements, we which we like. I like I like that people are getting and so because we aim to please and we want this to be uh, cool for people, we have uh, we have made the big investment on a blue yeti snowball. Well, can I clarify? You had the mic already, but we did make an investment on like a special cord adapter thingy so that we could um, plug it in in the car. Because the whole purpose of this podcast is it usually happens between 3 and 5 o'clock. We go to a coffee house. Single White Medusa goes and obtains the coffee of our choice. We then, for 15 to 20, 30, 45 sometimes minutes, we just sit and talk about the subjects that are on our mind. So, you know, like, you know, we don't want to have a studio. We don't want to do a bunch of stuff. And I think that's kind of the vibe, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's very... Um... I don't know, very low-key, very just us being us. It's not like we don't do a whole lot of show prep. We do basically, we, um, we keep but we up will with tell news people during that, the day anyway, so yeah. we kind of talk about what we've... You know, but we learned. will tell people that show prep is our life. Whenever we're at cocktail parties and they say, you know, what's your deal? I always go, show prep's my life. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I you just couldn't, go along You with couldn't it. say that? Like, it would burn. <laughs> it would burn. You would stim. You'd go, ah, um, let me just clarify. But, you know, like, when we're um, consuming our news and our, our various information throughout the day, so we'll usually say, well, that would be a good topic for the show. And I then make a note on my little iPad, uh, you know, iPhone notepad. So okay. that's our show prep. We do a little. Yeah. And you're a good talker, so you take it from there. And we're having a little bit of Starbucks today. Today we went with a... Uh, what's called the Lungo Espresso, but apparently the young girl working the window didn't know what the word quadruple meant. <laughs> so, so she and so I wasn't going to take a chance. She knew what lung, uh, 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 Lungo was either. Yeah. Um, which is four. Dopio is two. True. Ristretto is a small espresso. Hmm. So you gotta know. You gotta be in the the Italian sbracca to figure that out. Is there like a special word for a three shot one? A three shot. It's called... Now, never mind. No. Mom listens to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what you were going to say. And I put okay. in a little uh, pump of uh, uh, toffee nut, because that's kind of my go-to flavor. And I think there is sort of like a supply chain problem with flavors right now. Mm. So, and a lot of foam. A lot of creamy foam. I love foam. Yeah. So good. And so that's kind of our Monday. You want to talk about our weekend, what we did? Yeah. Um... I got a good tuna fish sandwich. That's true. That was Sunday, though. So Saturday, we met an artist friend of yours, of ours. Yes. Um, for, you know, like a business slash friend meetup lunch. Yeah. And we had Korean barbecue. We did. That we, was our second we time We had bulgogi. <laughs> bulgogi, isn't it? <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. I'm but not there an you expert. Are, there you are. Well, I always you're, you, don't, you don't know if you're right or wrong, but there you are correcting me. Well, because... Yeah, I was like, oh, I think it's bulgogi. And then I'm like, well, you're not an expert, so shut up. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Can we say, like, what covers he's done of yours? He's done some of your covers, which yeah, are he's awesome. Yeah, uh, he's done the Tyrus Rex covers. He's done the Soda Pop Soldier covers. Um, but, 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 but I think those are the covers that's, he's yeah, done. Those are awesome, and though. he's probably, because I'm having trouble pinning Pascal Blanche down 
for the second company of Strange Company, um, second cover of Strange Company, I'm probably going to go with kind of a comic book approach and have guest artists to do the comic, the the cover on those series. So I'm going to break with the traditional narrative of uh, all the covers in a series have to be done by the same artist because I think of the Strange Company books as more of works of art than a series, and it is a tragedy. So it isn't going to have a happy ending, and there are only three books. So I figure, and I, I sat down with him and I said, um, we talked about a few things. It's kind of funny to watch him um, and his sort of involvement over the last year and watching everything. Uh, but we met on a video game gig a few years back and he's a really cool guy. But I think um, he's going to do, I, I asked him to, to go ahead and listen to Strange Company and give, you know, his best cover um, you know, sort of like that, that kind of thing, like how Pascal Blanche did with the, this space Marine and the have a nice day grenade. Let's see what, what Trent comes up with. I think Trent's most fantastic cover for the GE universe is the second cover of the Tyrus Rex series, which is beautiful, which we did assigned poster earlier this year. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. He has a great style. He probably has multiple styles too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he awesome. You have a little cafe. I would love to. Cafe vey, as we like to call it. And I think you were starting to say you've noticed, or maybe you did, and I missed it, that he's kind of become way more red pilled. So. I'm just seeing that in a lot of people. You mm-hmm. know, they're they're full up. Like, I mean, I think it was most, you know, like publicly, it's most noticeable in Bill Maher. You know, yeah. like who was just a dyed in the wool leftist and Trump bad and everything bad and blah blah blah. And, you know, he's had his moments of honesty and he's had his moments of absolute utter insanity. But for him to go after big tech this weekend and to say, you know, uh, you've got to stop blocking us from looking up things that we want to check. And and YouTube comes back and says, oh, well, we want people to look in the right direction. He's like, yeah, but we don't trust that direction. We want to verify it. And again, Ivermectin isn't a registered Republican. Why are you banning them? And that's kind of that's an interesting statement because it's true that the left does know that the opposition is getting banned and blocked. And I think one of the sad parts is they're okay with that, you know, because they're winning and it's their side, but they are about to learn the Bolshevik Menshevik uh, lesson. You know, that it goes that, that tyranny and power have a tendency not to discriminate after a while. Yeah. You know, or well to fully discriminate, but they don't discriminate who they discriminate against basically. (laughs) But, um, yeah, at least it makes me respect him and, like, John Stewart, who did a similar thing recently. Like, the, like we disagree with them often, but at least they're not maybe necessarily intellectually dishonest. Like, yeah. most of the left has clearly been lately. You're like, okay, like, at least you're willing to speak up when you see that something's total BS. I think a lot of the real comedians, and again, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel aren't really real comedians... Or they sold their soul. But a lot of the real comedians know the working comedians who haven't been able to work for a year. And, you know, those guys have, um, as I understand it, just kind of like observing and listening externally. They have like a big, you know, no bullshit thing. And they're kind of brutal and they're kind of dark. And I and I think they're, they're, they, they realize like they have nothing to lose. Like... PC culture has absolutely killed any kind of comedy. Everything is unfun. They can't work. And they're kind of realizing, like, you've got to say something now or there's got not going to be any room left to say it. So it's a really, really interesting time. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> another thing that we were 
learning today was about some election, well, ongoing election shenanigan cleanup, hopeful cleanup. Um, some stuff in Georgia that's maybe exciting, like possible decertification. Yeah, that was a pretty that was a pretty stunning thing. Apparently, in Georgia, they're they're going after. Um, decertifying the election results, uh, they found twenty to thirty thousand false ballots. I think Georgia was always the mother motherload. Georgia and Pennsylvania, Arizona is a little interesting. Um, I wonder what they'll find there. But it was clear Georgia and especially Atlanta was the big problem, mm-hmm. and then Pennsylvania was really the big problem. Um, but it's interesting they're not going all the way to we're going to give them to Trump. Which I think is a really pro move on their part. Mm -hmm. They're just going to take them away from Biden, which, because Biden barely got 270, that's it. Yeah. That that actually technically decertifies Biden. I don't know what happens after that. I don't know if that's going to go to that. I think it just raises a lot of questions and issues. I'm still a little suspect that, you know, we're going to have a reversal of things, but... I think if you play pay a lot uh, the subtext to a lot of the people that the left is constantly murdering, you know, because they're crazy, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, they've got a poster boy in Lynn Wood, um, the lady attorney Sidney Powell. Sydney Powell. You look at Steve Bannon. You listen. Trump doesn't say much about it. He'll make some 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 hints, but Giuliani. they're Giuliani. There are a lot of people on the ground, and I think they're actually is a plan that they are working to do something. I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't think they're just doing this to fix the last, you know, to to fix the next election. I think that, that that's a win, but there does seem to be something that they're playing their cards close to their chest. And, and I think it's interesting because we are in just an utterly wacky, serious, dangerous time. Yeah. I'm also reading... Patrick Burns book right now, or I should say listening to it on audible and he's in the Sydney Powell camp. Yep. I would say because his big thing, which I'm down with and I don't know why it hasn't been um, looked into more like on a wider scale, but the dominion thing. Yeah. Um, if anything, I hope that they at least, uh, you know, get enough traction on that, that they don't use those machines in future elections. Cause I actually think in my opinion, with the evidence that I've seen on all the fronts of the fraud, I think you can, I think the case will be able to be made either way. Uh I think you could make it on just the Dominion stuff. I think you could make it on what's going on right now, just the audit stuff. And so that's fine. But, and it seems like the audit way is the way that it's kind of happening, which is good. But I hope that the, somehow they can do away with the Dominion voting machines anyway, because they are jacked up. One of the hardest things um, to do in modern culture right now is to go back and to pay attention to, to keep, to keep the narrative, to keep all the stories in your mind, because sometimes on, on the surface, the stories don't, don't actually add up to a smoking gun. But something we were talking about this weekend is if you go back to the 2016 election, the stories of Hillary's meltdown on election night are legendary. Like, like supposedly it was really bad. Like she became incoherent for days, but one of, and we know it was bad.
because I I think it, this was kind of unprecedented. She did she would not even appear. Wouldn't to, even appear. You know, concede or she whatever. She sent Podesta so, out, yeah. you know, to do his jam. Um, would not concede, everything like that. It was funny, Trump said this week that he had never conceded. Exactly. So, and I don't think she'd ever conceded. But he somehow, like, made yeah. statements, and, like, yeah. we knew he wasn't, like, freaking out. Yeah. So, but <laughs> like it's it's did, funny, but, yeah. but, like, the stories of her meltdown are legendary, and supposedly, at something like 3 o'clock in the morning, she called a close confidant and just began babbling, Obama didn't do enough, Obama didn't do enough. And I remember Obama going out on the campaign trail. I know that he hung back at first, but in the end, he was really out there. Um, And I always thought that statement was odd. You know, Obama didn't do enough. Obama didn't do enough. Um, Well, what was more was he supposed to do? He was the outgoing president. Um, He had won his deal. Uh, We all knew it was Hillary's to win. No one was in in any doubt on that election day that she was going to win. So why would you say Obama didn't do enough? Well, then you have to go and you have to look at a gaffe that Joe Biden made uh, about a year ago. And that gaffe was Barack Obama and I have put together the greatest voter fraud machine in history. Mm-hmm. And again, they had to leap in there and you mean like vote, you know, like uh, voter uh, registration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Obama's my Muslim faith. Mm-hmm. Oh, you they, mean your Christian faith. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I, I, I think Joe said the quiet part out loud. Yeah, I think we've seen and him do that a lot. I, I think that I think that Dominion and voter fraud, you know, the Chicago way, I think that is something that Obama runs and controls. And so if you match that comment with what Hillary said, which is Obama didn't do enough, Obama didn't do enough, because they didn't think they needed to do anything. And that's why they went to sleep on election night. They didn't have the system in place. And so you come to 2020 and like they were hovering over that and they knew I think they knew Trump was going to win and they knew that, you know, they I I think what they didn't realize, I think they had a plan. You know, if you looked at the polls at the time, they said probably, if anything, it was going to be a narrow Biden victory. You really can't believe that. But I think just on the ground, like if you were talking to people and and the things that I was seeing, I felt it was going to be a Reagan-esque Mondale blowout. So um, I think that when they began to see that it was shaping up to be that, when they thought it was a narrow Biden victory, that's when two and three o'clock in the morning, they shut down voting. They started to play all those shenanigans and things like that. And I think if you put those three things together, you begin to see that, yeah, it's a number of things, but it's that dominion ability to add and subtract and to weight votes. And I think that will be hard, harder to determine but again, where that where Dominion comes apart are the people who come in and do probability thumb theory and numbers. You look at Trump carrying, you know, I think it's 16 of the 17 bellwether counties. You look at all the metrics that people needed traditionally win and Trump met them. Yeah. Oh, well, with flying colors, because yeah. I think the thing with bellwether counties is usually if you win, it's only even like a couple or like two or three or a handful. He won like times and times over the amount that if you win this many you'll win yeah exactly so as a a returning president yeah exactly but dominion was able to defeat that but where they're getting a ground game in arizona and they're getting it now in georgia and a few other states is they're looking at the actual ballots Mm -hmm. and the ballots are really suspect they're hand printed they want to find out where these trucks came from blah 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 i do think it's coming apart to some extent i just don't know 
that it, it, I'm cautious because I don't know that it's going to come all the way apart like it needs to. But I can tell you this because we always have to look for signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. And the sign was um, the biggest con artist of the Democratic Party ever surfaced. I think it was yesterday. Is this Al Gore? It's Al Gore. Okay, so I don't, I don't even know this. Yeah. You mentioned he it. He came so out and begged Trump me. to stop these shenanigans. Oh, really? And to accept. And, and it, it smacked really? of such desperation. But you have to know, like, Gore doesn't show up unless there's a paycheck. He has made his money by selling his climate change channel to Gutter. Um, he has, you know, he, 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 you know, he, everything that he preaches and pronounces, he doesn't live. I know people who care for his lawns in California. It is his estate, and they say, you know, he overwaters. He uses pesticides. Everything that he advocated against. He has his massage scandal, all yeah. those kinds of things. Gore doesn't show up unless there's a check. And might I point out the total hypocrisy of he is someone in history who massively right. questioned an yeah. election of yeah him. massively so <laughs> that tells you like that they're bringing out gore because they are running out of credibility and i know that they've got to save obama you know mm. for when they really need to like go you know yeah. this is this is insane but they haven't really obama has said this stuff they can't use bill clinton because because he's done they can't use Hillary because she's been, you know, messaging this for, for five years now. Um, so to have Gore come out was really interesting and it smacked of desperation. But he was begging Trump to stop. Well, why would you beg someone to stop? Please don't look at the checkbook. Exactly. Please don't look at the call log. Please <laughs> don't look in my email account. Please don't look in my secret hidden file photos. Mm-hmm. That's because there's something to find. You don't beg people to stop if there's nothing to find. You're like, please look and prove to everyone there's nothing. So there are a lot of signs and wonders that are indicating that it is coming off the rails. At the same time, they're really ramping up this Delta variant thing. They're going to need that. They're going to need another martial law, another break, uh, another lockdown. Um, We're we're moving to that two-tiered society. Uh, I think the America always looks at the UK establishment elite for like what they want to do. You look at the elite, they're locking their people down again, those kinds of things. So, you know, we're having a good heyday fun summer. Um, I, I wonder if America will be able to fend off the next round of Orwellian lockdowns. But if you kind of look at these clues, the jig is up from what I'm hearing out of the Kamala camp, which is kind of the camp to watch they are supposedly referring to Biden as Titanic now. Oh, and really? So, they, well, so why would they... Like, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Jack Sobiek talked about that. And Jack Sobiek is an interesting dude. A lot of the times he's right. And he's connected to the intelligence community and stuff like that. And people can have issues with him or whatever. But I've found sometimes that he, he's ahead of the... He's, ahead, he's slightly ahead of things. And when he said Titanic, I thought, well, that's interesting. Why would the Kamala camp be referring to Biden as Titanic. Obvious, he's a ship that's going down. Um, you hold below the waterline, all those things. But, you know, as I think about it, it kind of jumps out. And what it means to me is they know... See, it's... If, if Biden is the Titanic, she needs to be on the Titanic when it goes down to become president. Like... Biden's fall is her ascension. 
you wouldn't necessarily use that name, the Titanic. You would use of it more like Phoenix or something like that. Like why, you know, like you, you, you would be, you would be help. You, you would want to be on board with him when he goes down so that when he, when he goes, I'm in feeble and you know, they, and, and MSNBC and CNN and everybody comes out and then they give you this, you know, a Biden attribute, the greatest president ever. And, you know, like, <laughs> you know, they try to soft soap sell him to you as this elder statesman who was felled by this tragic disease. That's not what the Titanic means to me. The Titanic is you've got to get off the Titanic. You've got to get into the lifeboats. You don't want to be on that thing when it gets down, goes down. Well, why is it going down? Because Kamala can pin um, Joe's, you know, illegal election and profit from it, but she doesn't want to be involved in it. She wants to be an outsider from it. I, I, and that may all be by design by Obama, who I think is at the end of the day running the entire thing. They might want to sacrifice Joe and say Kamala didn't know anything about it, and technically she now becomes president. Those kinds of things. But it's interesting to refer to him as a Titanic because one of the, the sort of like takeaways about the Titanic is you don't want to be on the Titanic when it goes down. You want to be in the lifeboats. You know, like, so to call Joe the Titanic when his ship is how she gets to the presidency isn't a good move. But they're kind of dumb. Yeah. So they might have thought about that. But I also, I'm a big believer that it's it's very hard to lie with words. People people out themselves through their words, no matter how hard they try to obfuscate them. Yeah, exactly. But I hope that it's more that she is one of the people that are just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. As in... You know, she's hoping that she'll benefit, but she's going to go down with it. Yeah, but why would her team begin to refer to him as the Titanic? I know. I mean, it's odd. And they're doing that publicly? It's what Jack Sobiek said. In their inside camp is that he is the Titanic. Well, the Titanic means he's going down. But also it means that you're hitting a big iceberg. I mean, what's the big iceberg that he's hitting? The big iceberg is election fraud. Yeah, okay. You know, but you... it, It just... The escape aspect is what keeps niggling at me. Yeah. The yeah. lifeboats. Yeah. You know, not that it, you wouldn't want to be on that Titanic. No. Exactly. So that's, it's kind of, there's some interesting things going on. Um, if it kind of all blows up, I, I, I'm going to reiterate again, I think the political assassinations are next. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think those will be easy or expected. It may be uh, different people. It may be false flags. It may be direct things, but I think as we get into August, I think things are going to get... It kind of feels like things are a little quiet right now, but I think as we get into August, there might be some political violence. There might be some things. If, if if you know, hey, if the Arizona recount comes out and it's a big nothing burger, or, or Georgia doesn't go that way, if they begin to consolidate power, then what you're probably going to see is the FBI turn on Antifa. And but if if I don't think they're totally dialing back on Antifa because they need them. But the moment they here, here's the bellwether moment. The moment the FBI starts going after Antifa and BLM is the moment that, you know, they've won. Yeah. And, and I mean, by they, I mean, the deep state, which the deep state is the arm of the establishment, the sort of world governing, most likely technocracy controlled Elites that that are kind of moving into the forefront now. We also listened to that um, North Korean girl. 
Yeah. I I think her name I don't totally know her name, but I think it's like Yunmi. Yeah. Yunmi something Park. Something like that. Yeah. I think but I don't know Korean prince. But her her story was really fascinating. She was amazing. And was I so... think the takeaway from that that's really interesting is the amount of slavery that goes on with China, unofficially and officially. And it's funny, like, China, again, being SJWs, are going around right now telling everybody, you shouldn't be lecturing us on human rights. They went after the Canadians. They've gone after America. And as we know, SJWs always project what they're doing. Her testimony comes out, and she was a flat-out sex slave at 13. Mm -hmm. She was a slave. Now, there's an interesting component in Orange County, California, about Chinese slavery. An inside source who's close to law enforcement here told me um, actually, it's part of law enforcement. Um, told me that one of the things the Irvine Police Department is having a really big problem with is is slavery among the Chinese community. And I said, well, how so? What does that mean? He said, well, what happens is they bring these maids over from China, and they're really just sex slaves. and But they have to take care of the house and the kids and everything like that. And then after a while, they disappeared. I said, well, what happens? And how do you find out about it? And they said, well... Usually the maids have somehow made friends with someone in the neighborhood and then they don't see him after a while. So they call the police department and report it. So the detectives have been investigating. It's really a nowhere investigation. They can't figure it out because I guess the standard thing is the Chinese family, when they tire of the maid, will then just take a trip to Vegas and stop along the way and dig a hole and drop her off. And so Chinese slavery, I've seen slaves uh, from on the, from from Arabs uh, here on on the uh, at uh, at the Apple Store and the Apple Store has even talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know the Saudi Arabians will bring in their slaves, and to the Apple Store's credit, they will not help them. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was such a big thing in the Chinese community, but it is interesting for how much you know. Um, we're told that we're racist and we're told that we're all bad people and that America's just really, you know, 1619 Project, just this really corrupt, bad enterprise. And you have this, you know, dipshit uh, Olympian, you know, covering her face at the national anthem. Like all these histronics and ungratefulness, which ungratefulness is the biggest turnoff to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you want to say like NBA, who's so pro-China, mm-hmm. so pro-China. Like if you only knew how what a bunch of garbage raccoons their wealthy are enslaving people digging a hole and just dropping them off in the desert cavalierly with no thought that you're going to face any con- like just zero zero value for human life yeah and and then just making us the villains because it's political speed I there I, I think I, I am beginning to think as I see things kind of unravel you you know bill maher going after people i think that our side is definitely red-pilled i think they have awoken the bear the eagle the dragon whatever you want to call it i think we're going to pull out of this i think there's a chance we could pull out of this and i think we're going to take it back and i think the harm that blm and marxism did to the black community and i i i I don't think that needs to be forgotten I think it need, I think they I think they've done a lot of harm to themselves. I think a lot of people are going to remember this. I don't think I think there was a lot of, you know, recovery from the 60s on, you know, with people really trying to go after equality and trying to not be racist and things like that. And I think single-handedly the BLM movement 
set it back. And then unfortunately, a lot of the African-American community use this as a heyday to call their fellow Americans racist, to cancel people, to blacklist people, to ruin people's lives. And I don't, I don't think you're coming out of that one. I, I think you really did yourself a lot of damage. And unfortunately, you brought it on yourself. I don't think you're going to get the kumbaya with a lot of people. I, I think that um, you can't do that. You can't attack your fellow citizens like that. They made war on us while, meanwhile, the Chinese are doing the things that the Chinese are doing. They really did attack the entire world. They really did. I'm, I'm still I'm not buying the it was accidentally released COVID thing, but it's all but settled now that it was a bioweapon. I think that that's going to be a big scandal for us heading towards Fauci, heading towards the Pentagon and stuff like that. That's when they might need to do the martial law because when that comes out, when everybody's so blase about the amount of death and saying, oh, it's, you know, like the, the, the story that they're really trying to sell right now is it, it was it was an accident. Mm-hmm. But look at how much China profited off of it. Yeah. It's not an accident. And we funded it, you know, through through idiots like Fauci and the other guy. So I don't think that's a good thing. No, absolutely. Peter Daszak, that was... <laughs> you keep running away from the mic when I hold it towards you. Oh, I didn't know what you were doing. Um, so, I hope your battery doesn't die, by the way, on your phone. You Just, worried about that? Well, yeah, because I don't want us to lose our episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I look for that look for that girl. I think she had been on Hannity right before that as yeah, well. So, a lot of you probably, probably did see her, but she was amazing. Um, and then... Did you want to talk about that transgender man real fast in that spa? Yeah, that was weird. There was some transgender guy who was uh, went into a women's spa and um, just decided to walk around. He just looked like a total perv. But like got just naked in, there, got in naked. the women's dressing room. And area. these African-American women went out there and just gave him holy hell. But it was weird to see the establishment, you know, really... St- you know, do a hard line on, oh, no, it's okay, he's a gender. And, like, they call it... I mean, the truth is just the truth. And we're playing games and everything like that, but it's not... I, I think the leftists, as always, are eternally optimistic about the human condition, and they think that they're going to mind control everybody. But in the end, they're going to have to blacklist us and cancel us all, because at the end of the day, women are not going to allow that to happen. No way, I know. And you and I, and probably most people most sane people said that from day one when this transgender bathroom thing started happening like the perverts there's there are gonna be perverts that are gonna take advantage of this and this was like the perfect example of that and it was not only women in there there was at least one child I even saw her in the background like there was a child and like that is messed up and I was so glad that woman was awesome I couldn't see what she looked like she was behind the camera but I was like can a, can a person be your spirit animal? Because they can. <laughs> I was like, you are my spirit. I was like, I would have done the exact same thing. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Try to find that one if you can. That was... But it's really messed up. Like, I cannot believe this is even being... Like, this thing is being entertained in our society. But what like you learn from that is there. we're all fighting back. Yes. And we all need to fight back. And you just, you just need to not take it anymore. We don't take yep. it in our lives. I, that, I think if we're going to learn anything from the mass, we learn not to take it. And now we need to not take these things. And when they say, well, you can't be here, then you go, okay, I won't. You'll starve them out. But, you know, it's it's just, it's absolute garbage and it's mental illness. And that's what it needs to be called. 
and the corporations can tank their brand on this, but I think pretty much everybody, you know, is full up on on sort of social justice corporations. And it's just interesting. And we went and saw like a movie that we walked out of this weekend that was so bad. That's right. We went, we went and saw a biography of Rita Moreno, and I thought, okay, we're going to have like a nice Hollywood story. And it was such a masterclass in victimology and ungratefulness. And it was like, it was so like, you know, both Single White Medusa and I worked in Hollywood, and it was just the perspective of a spoiled brat celebrity narcissist who actually thought their life was hard because they'd been given every break, gone to the top, still working. And, and, you know, just, and it was, it was so, you know, but then the, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda was at the, the, the center of it. And it, there's no one dopier, you know, like if you put AOC, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Rio Miranda together, I would just say to Puerto Rico, you're not sending us your best. <laughs> you're sending us a lot of dopey people who yeah. aren't really grateful for America and like, I don't know, why don't you go live in Spain? Did you figure out how that was before we took that off? You, you, you wouldn't like that. Yeah. Such a jam. I don't know why people have to, like these sort of second generation Americans, third generation Americans have to be so dopey about it. I know. You know, so like, you know, like is it that they have no struggle or hardship in their life and so they have to, you know, imagine these, uh, you know, imaginary grievances. Well, and I think the education system has planted those thoughts in their heads. Yeah. But then they've they've gone all in. Yeah. But they, I think they've given them those ideas. Oh. The but remember, teachers are heroes. <laughs> that was like the best, like one of the best things that's come out of COVID is like the 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 Marxist teaching establishment has fully revealed themselves. You know, like like I remember for years, like all teachers are heroes, and like apparently they're not. And now we see, like, they're literally going through histronics to teach this sort of critical race theory garbage. And and parents are revolting in mass, and states are starting to pass laws where you don't have to put your kids in the school system, and the school system doesn't get any money. So I think the teaching system is, is headed for some hard times. But the reality and truth was um, the kids weren't learning anything, uh, as evidenced by being here at Starbucks and asking for a quadruple espresso and the girl doesn't even know what and she's about 16 17 yeah nice nice kid but didn't know what the word quadruple meant exactly you know like what are you learning in school but i bet she can tell you that you know uh, america is racist and uh you know all these sort of fictions um but she can't actually tell you the meaning of words they can't do i've noticed kids can't do math they can't count back change Oh. They just give you a little change boat where they, <laughs> they pile your coins on top of the dollars and go, here you go. And if you really were a good con artist and a grifter, like a halfway one, you go like, hey, I gave you a hundred there. You owe me a little more. And they would give it to you. Mm-hmm. They would give it to you because they're so dumb. I think you noticed recently that they don't know how to write, some of them anyway, don't know how to write cursive because they don't they're not teaching cursive. them yeah. that anymore yeah. because there's so much typing and stuff yeah. now, I guess. But so remember, all teachers are heroes. And at least there's no more mean tweets. <laughs> Even though we personally love. I like the mean tweets. <laughs> I would I love. I really find most of them mean. I, would I just love found them tr- like honest. You I know? would like, like when he would make names <laughs> up for people. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> but they were like true. Yeah. You know, they were true. <laughs> but Trump is now on. What is he on? The new... Oh, um, he started a Rumble channel. He started and his like his subs are going through the roof. Yeah. So get on there for some good Trump, good timings with Trump. I mean, as of 
uh, well, we heard uh, Dan Bongino mention it this morning that it was at 250,000 because he just came on like yesterday, I think. And then only a couple hours later is when I signed up and it was already at 350,000. So anyway, it's kind of hard to tell because there's a couple of fake channels, but if you find one that's at least 350,000, it's probably much higher now, but that's yeah. the one. That's yeah. the one to join. Because Rumble's kind of um, disorganized. That's my one complaint with it. I try to use it and not use YouTube, but it's like, it's hard to organize your, your stuff. But that's just my little, my little two cents there. But since that's the only place he is at video-wise... I would uh, I would sign up. All right. So that is the podcast for today. We will be back tomorrow. we got to do some CrossFit and go out and do some errands, and we'll get a big cup of coffee, and we'll have some topics to come back and top. Thank you to talk about. Thank you for everybody that subbed this weekend. We've got some exciting things planned for you. If you haven't subbed yet, just go ahead and subscribe down below, $5 a month. I think you'll really dig it. Or just go in for the year price, you get a little deal, or become a foundation member. Um, you will get something special from me that will be a collectible. We signed a bunch of books today. We shipped a lot of Strange Company. So I'm all out of Strange Company books. I have a couple of Soda Pop Soldiers if you want those. And uh, I have one Wasteland Saga. I need to order some books. I'm out of books. And you had maybe one or two Strange Company, right? I have two Strange Companies left. Yeah. That That is true. But yeah. uh, And that's all I saw in the That's cabinet. it. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Hey, thank you for joining us this afternoon. That is the podcast.